0: done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to the ADHD podcast series that I am doing on the book, What Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew by Dr. Sharon Celine. Please note that any of the content I share with you here is copyright to her. And today in part 13, I'm going to be discussing chapters 8 and chapters 9. I normally do a chapter at a time, but these chapters are super short. But don't be fooled. They are really, really powerful. And also, I'm going to share with you this, that you won't believe what just happened to me. I finished this podcast recording. I did however long it was, and I went to hit stop, and I realized it hadn't recorded. So I'm doing this all over again. So I hope I can do it as well as the first one, which you'll never hear, but I know it was really good. So fingers crossed, I can remember everything I said and do it all again. So in Chapter 8, Keeping It Going fostering consistency about school remember consistency is the fourth c in adhd parenting and this chapter is about routines and more routines and the fact that we all need routines most adults like some form of predictability in their lives. And actually, despite thinking sometimes we're not routined, we're always actually more routine than we are. I know sometimes I speak to parents and I say, you know, are are you routined? And they go, no, I'm not re- routine at all. And I'm like, oh, OK, so tell me how your day usually goes. And they say, well, I usually get up around seven and I take the kids to school and I come back and on a Monday I do this and on a Wednesday I do that. And then I pick them up from school and we usually do a few things after school, come back and we all like to have dinner on the table round about 6, 6.30 and I'm quite good at getting my kids to bed on time and I'm an early bird. I always hit the hay at nine and I smile at them and then they realise, actually, they're way more routine than they realise. So children need routines. They need predictability and routines create predictability and, um, They also nourish persistence. So on page 128, she speaks a lot about the importance of persistence. And routines nourish persistence. In other words, how you get things done. They provide essential structure for doing things. And kids with ADHD depend on routines to organize their lives so they don't have to. Persistence also relies on efforting and resilience. So when we put effort into things and when we try and try again, we build resiliency. So when we persevere and we persist in, on something to get what we need, we build resilience. And when we build resilience, we are um, really helping ourselves be resilient. There's no other word for it, that we're bulletproof So, helping our kids become uh, persevering and using routines to nourish this is really, really important. And she talks about some of the, she talked, there's four examples from kids that she's worked with, different ages from eight through to 17, on, they talk about what keeps them going. And she shares their comments with about persevering with homework. And So it's really, really important. And on page 129, she says, whether it's parental or peer support, music or self-talk, these kids show us about persistence. Kids with ADHD have to really persist and put so much effort into everything. I don't say more effort because that would be generalizing, but knowing how hard it is for them to focus, the amount of effort they have to put in to focus and persevere is really, really challenging for them. So uh, the last paragraph in this short chapter is powerful. I love it. Parents and caregivers who practice consistency about school can sometimes appear like those vans that follow cyclists on the road. You chug behind your son or daughter, providing necessary support, guidance and sustenance without taking over the direction of the route. Isn't that perfect? We want to support them, but in their direction. We don't want to over-direct, over-manage, overdo, over-enable, over-disable. We want to give them just enough that they can stay in the direction they've chosen to go. And if they go off the path, we bring them back on. But let them navigate, let them steer with us as support behind them. I love this because this, you know, we are the manager of this the team. And the ultimate goal for success is building strength and skills. And this is persistence at its best. So moving on to chapter nine, celebration. More than saying good job. For those of you that know me and my podcast and, and a lot of the parenting tools, tips and techniques I I um, suggest, encouragement is huge. I believe that encouragement is one of the most useful tools that I have in my parenting toolbox. This is not in the book, but I'm just going on a little side here about encouragement. Encouragement means to put the courage in. So when we encourage a child, it gives them the courage. It builds them up from the inside. It develops. It, it's an internal motivator. It develops. It allows them to feel courageous about their whatever it is they're doing. And for us to be encouragement, encouraging, we have to witness and notice and be aware of all the wins so that we can encourage them so they keep trying, keep persevering, keep putting the effort in. We put the courage in so they believe in themselves. Praise, on the other hand, is an external validator of success. In other words, good job. Wow, you're amazing. It's all very external. It's pointing to the end result. Whereas encouragement focuses on the journey. So so you see your child comes home and goes, mom, mom, I got a C in my spelling test today. I've had Ds the whole term and I got a C, I'm so happy. And you could say, wow, good job, you're amazing, that's so good. Or you could say, you put so much effort into that test and you putting the effort in and grinding it out and working hard on your, your spelling uh, words, you see what you've done, you've put the effort in and the results speak for themselves. Well done, congratulations. Can you see that the encouragement is focusing on the process, on the journey, and not just the grade or the outcome? So one's in inter- turn one builds self-esteem and one strips kids of self-esteem because you take the praise away in what's left. Whereas when you can't take the encouragement away because it was inside. So really, really important. And remember that words do more than just offer encouragement and praise. They also model the language that kids can use for themselves. You know that your voice becomes their voice. Our children and teens internalize our voices. So it's really important that we use the right kind of language. And celebrating Celebr- celebration about school is about noticing what is working and saying it out loud to your son and daughter many times over and over. We mirror the success. We, we, we repeat and, and say back to them the wins so that they eventually be- start believing in themselves, that they can do it, that the effort is paying off, that the perseverance is paying off. It's really, really important and the last on the last couple of pages of this really potent chapter is on self advocacy which she believes is the pinnacle of school celebration just as important as nurturing a positive inner voice in their heads is speaking up appropriately for themselves at school is really really important them feeling capable and competent flows naturally as a follow up to consistent efforting and persistence it's all part of the same cycle so she goes on to discuss and give many really cool examples of kids that she works with but she also um one powerful powerful sentence at the bottom of page 133 Knowing themselves as learners and having both the confidence to ask for help and the willingness to receive it are the greatest tools you can nourish in your child. So let's break that down into three steps that that I believe, and from Dr. Celine, are super important skills that we can help our children acquire and develop and foster. One is knowing and understanding themselves, really knowing how they learn what what patterns that they like, are they visual learners, are they audio learners, how long can they sit in one sitting, do they need to stand, do they need to be on a, on a fidget um, ball. Anything like that that can help them understand themselves and their learning is really powerful. Two, being able to ask for help. That's a really hard thing for kids, for many kids. And being able to ask for help and us helping them understand that asking for help is not a weakness. It's a strength. You've got to be really strong and brave and courageous to ask for help. Because when you're asking for help, you're admitting you don't know how to do it. And for these kids, school is tough. And to actually admit that it's tough and hard and they don't know how to do it, that's a challenge for many. It's a challenge for many of us. It's a challenge for many adults. So what can you do to help your child understand that asking for for help is is a strength? And the third one, even more so, is receiving help. Because when we struggle with something, we always want to be able to do it ourselves, especially kids who are slightly controlling, strong-willed. I want to do it myself. So they won't accept help from someone else. So you might try and help them, but they won't receive it. So again, how can we help our children see that receiving help is not a sign of weakness? It's a sign of strength. And those three things are really key in order to be an advocate for yourself and or ourselves, for our children to be able to advocate for themselves, they need to develop those three skills. And on page 134 and 135, she discusses a great story um, of self-advocacy in action. And it's Emily's success. Where Emily was struggling in grade nine with spelling tests, and the teacher was forcing her to do the spelling tests, despite the fact that her learning challenge actually should have waived her from them. But the teacher was one of those, Nope, if you're in my classroom, you're doing the spelling test. Poor Emily would feel worse and worse about herself. She got very upset and she asked her parents to help her to fix it. And they directed the the, the, the helping and the fixing back to her. What could she do? What steps could she do? So they were the support van. They followed behind her. They gave her advice. They possibly role-played things with him as you need to perhaps do X, Y, and Z, maybe speak to your guidance counselor. Yes, you could say this, try that. Maybe they role-modeled what she would say and how she could say it. And eventually she got, Emily got herself waived of the spelling tests. And the teacher who was very... um Set in her ways and was not going to let Emily miss the spelling test or be waived of the spelling test. Actually, said, you know what, you don't need to do them anymore. So Emily felt so good within herself because she understood herself and her 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 the way she learns. She was able to ask for help and she was able to receive the help. Super super. Uh, important information. And Emily shows us how the self-advocacy part of celebration, how it can look at school, which is insightful, brave, and articulate. So that's the end of chapter nine. Next week, I'm moving on to part three, life at home and beyond. And remember, at the end of this uh, book club podcast series, I'm going to be interviewing the author herself. So if you have any questions, Fire them off to me at louise at your com, and I will store them and I will ask those questions to Dr. Selene in the interview I have with her. So till next time, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, please do hop over into iTunes. It'll take you one minute to leave a review. It means the world to me and it helps other parents like you get this advice which is so needed in parenting today. So Once again, thanks for listening. I really appreciate your support. Till next time. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at parentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar, guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative, and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar.